The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the fourth chapter. Jesus also said, The kingdom of heaven is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, What? With what will I compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all seeds of the earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. It's two months away, folks. The countdown is on. You know what I'm talking about? Football season. I mean, you should know this. This is the state of South Carolina. Am I, are any of you surprised? Some of you may even know how many days it is until football season starts, Right? And here in South Carolina, it's all about college football, you know? Because every year, both teams, or big teams, start out with the hope that perhaps this is the year. And half of you have a chance. But for me, I love football. I really do. But I also, being from North Carolina, I also like pro football. Because, well, my team, even though they're supposed to be pretty good this year, they still have a big orange juggernaut they got to get through, and, well, most years they're horrible. So I like pro football. But when it comes to pro football, there's some people that have issues with it, and it's all about knees for some reason. Um, you know, and I'm not talking about people blowing out knees. Lately, it's been all, people taking a knee for the national anthem. That's been huge in football. So a lot of folks have stopped watching it because of this. But before them, the exact other half of the people, they got upset with knees as well. Really, one guy in particular. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is Tim Tebow. If you don't know who he is, Tim Tebow was probably one of the greatest college quarterbacks ever. He played not too long ago at the University of Florida, won a couple national championships, won a Heisman Trophy, great player. But for some reason, the commentators and sports pundits didn't really like him. So they talked about that he would never make a good pro, that he would never really be successful at that level. And even though, as a starter, he had a winning record, everyone believed it. And so he would go from team to team until eventually he gave up and he's been playing football, I mean baseball, for the last six years. But guess what? Tim Tebow's coming back. Tim Tebow has been signed by the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I, for one, am very excited because I like Tim Tebow. And I like the knee that he would take. Because when he would take a knee, it looked like this. Because, see, what Tim Tebow would do, whenever he did something spectacular, he would hit his knees and he would give glory to God. He would point skyward. And some people don't like it when athletes do that. I'm a big fan of it, personally. Because... Like I said, I'm from North Carolina. I'm a Tar Heel. And so everything is connected to basketball when you're a Tar Heel. And so back in the day of the world's greatest coach ever, Dean Smith, he used to 
mandate that his players, after scoring a basket, that they would turn and point to the person who threw the pass. So that they would always remember that they were not out there alone. And when the world's greatest player ever, Michael Jordan, did an incredible dunk, he would still turn around and point at the person that passed it to him. And so when I see Tim Tebow or any other athlete doing it and pointing to heaven, it says to me, and I believe that they're saying, I didn't do this alone. It's not all about me. And see, that, that's good for us to remember because in the culture that we live in, I think we all forget that, right? It's all about me being in the spotlight and what I've accomplished and what I could do. I mean, let's be honest. How many of you at your job are doing this? You know, I mean, unless you're a bird watcher. <laughs> I mean, you know, teacher at the end of class. Never seen it. Or a doctor at the end of a surgery. Somebody fix your car. Any of you? Any of you do that at your job normally? I didn't think so. Because we are so inwardly focused about what I've done. I mean, and it's not just that. I mean, we let other people do it too. I mean, if you are supportive of the current politician who's in charge of whatever, whatever great happens, they did it. Right? Of course, if things don't go well and you don't like them, they did that too. But we give them all the credit. Celebrities, look how talented they are. Look what they did. Successful business people, how, how intelligent and, 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 and wonderful they could do what they've done. And our kids, oh gracious, look what they can accomplish. And ourselves, look what I did. And look, we're no different. Pastors, not at all. Not one little bit. Because... We look at the numbers. Some of us will claim that we don't, but we do. We look at the numbers. We look at the empty pews and the full pews, and we look and see how many people are coming in and, and, and how the church is growing or not, and look what I've done. You see, you see what's happened here? And we're the ones that should be pointing to God for ourselves and everybody else. But still, we, we look at our own accomplishments about what we can do. But you know who doesn't do that? Farmers. Farmers have it right. I think Jesus knew that. That's why he told that parable. I'm not really kissing up to you right now, Clinton, but it's okay. Um, Jesus tells a parable about a farmer who went and planted seeds. And then what did the farmer do? Nothing. Now, Again, I'm sure you do a little bit more than nothing. But, but the, the point was this. The farmer scatters seed, and that's, the, especially back then, that was the whole point of the job. You prepare the soil, you plant the seed, and that's all you can do. The rest of it is up to God. God does it. God is the one who makes that plant grow. And let's be honest, if you've ever done any kind of farming or gardening, you know that you can do everything that it takes, but sometimes things just don't grow the way they're supposed to grow, and sometimes it's spectacular. 
And in any line of work that you do or any hobby that you have, sometimes things just work out perfectly. And sometimes you drop, drop the communion host at communion like I did in the first service. You know? Things work great and sometimes they don't. But either way, we're the ones that did it, right? No. I don't think we give credit where credit is due. I think we're so busy focusing on our own achievements that we forget how much our Heavenly Father has done, is doing, and promises yet to do. I mean, let's be honest. It's easy when it comes to nature, right? We look outside and we see the green grass and the trees or, you know, the beautiful ocean or, or the mountains. And wow, look at what God has accomplished. And you know why we think that? Because we can't do that. But we can do this, can't we? My friends, God has created each of us special. God has made us who we are. But we can't forget that God is the one that has done that. The reason we are able to accomplish, the reason we're able to do what we do, is not because we're so great, but because God is. Because God uses us to accomplish amazing things. And therefore, you and I are called to give God praise. I told you during the announcements that, that we're going to be focusing a little bit on the first um, mark of discipleship, praise God, the first of the six signs of living. And, and do you realize that's what we're doing here? But, you, I mean, that makes sense, right? We come to worship, we, we praise God. But do you also realize that's why we come to worship? So much of the time, I, I think that we get caught up in, well, you know, I really didn't like that hymn or that sermon was long and boring and I was falling asleep during the whole time. I didn't get much out of it. Because we think we are the recipients of worship. But that's not the way it is. You and I gather here today to praise God, to give thanks, to point upward and say, you know what? We can't do this alone. We aren't doing this alone. Thank you. Thank you, God, for giving me what it takes to get through another day. Thank you, God, for giving me the people around me. Thank you, God, for giving me those gifts and talents. Thank you, God, and help me to use them wisely. That's what happens when we praise God. That's what worship is about. And that's one of the reasons that we pray as well. I mean, we're so used to, okay, well, God, God, give me this, and God, give me that, and please help this person, please help that person. But we're also praying to say, thanks. Thank you for having my back. Thank you for, for making me who I am. Thank you. There's an old saying, maybe you've heard it. Work like everything depends on you. Pray like it all depends on God. And so I invite you to do that this week. Work like everything depends on you and pray like it all depends on God. Take some time and give thanks to God for all that God has given you to do what you've been called to do. And go out and do it. Give God the praise and glory by using the gifts that you've been given. By sharing your gifts to show God's love. And then pray like it all depends on God. Because we're not in this alone. Amen.